This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other, but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're reviewing one of my picks, so it's going to be a good one. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Swing and uh, miss on those. Yeah, well, I don't think I've ever missed, but the response hasn't always been what I wanted. Um not always been the hope for response, but uh, but this week we're going to be reviewing Lone Wolf and Cub Volume One: The Assassin's Road. And to defend myself, the reason I picked this is because of how famous it is and how influential it's been on um, not just in you know East Asian media, but in you know on the West. I mean, we've um, it's famous. People read it here. It's a famous you know storyline here, but also it's been you know copied into a lot of uh, movies and stuff. Um, so it's a, it's a storyline that's become well regarded and also we've never done a manga on here and so um, I just wanted to get um, some manga on the show um, not that I'm a big manga reader but um, I had the feeling that you all hadn't yeah, read much before yeah. nope had you, had, you, had you heard of Lone Wolf and Cub before? nope, nope. wow alright um, see I, I live with manga readers though and so yeah um two two of the, the ladies in my house read a lot of manga so it's kind of laying around um but so that's what we're reviewing this week and so it's time for the live action batman greats and we haven't broke this down in a few episodes and so i think we can sort of give the uh a little spiel uh this week and so um so our grades are based on the men who have thus far played batman in live action and we've so from best to worst it's bill affleck Keaton, West, Kilmer, and poor, poor George Clooney. Um, and, so, and so, and since we practice great inflation so much on our own picks, I have to go last. And so, Sam, what was your live action Batman grade? Well, no spoilers here, but I will give it an Affleck. Affleck, okay. Just a, any spoiler free explanation? I I just really liked it. I, we'll get into it later. Okay, Josh, yeah. what was your what was your grade? Well, I too gave it an Affleck, and uh, I'm going to, for Sam, because he didn't want to give me spoilers, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say he may have gave it a bell if it was in color instead of black and white. <laughs> I didn't think he wanted to say that, but I think that was part of it. That's part of it. That's yes. part of it. No, it's, it's, it's a really fun read. It's really good, but it is in black and white, so <laughs> All right. be prepared. Um. I don't think I'm practicing great inflation, but I went all the way up on this. I went to a bail on this one. Um, I, the, the color thing doesn't bother me. I, I've read it, and I've not a, like I said, not a big manga read, but I've read enough that I've kind of gotten used to it. And I've read you know every issue of The Walking Dead, so. Um, but I had a great time with this thing. It's just so much fun. I've got, I've had a few little nitpicks here and there. There's a couple of like head scratchers on some content kind of thing, like why some things were necessary. Yes. Um, but, man, I love the art, and I love the attitude of the story, especially the main characters, just the just the way they approach what they do. I just, I loved it. And um, so we're not um, going to spoilers yet, but before we do, we're going we're gonna to give you our creator credits early this week to see if those will make you uh, more interested in actually reading this thing. And so um, it's both easier and harder this week. It's easier in the sense there's only two names. It's harder because those are both names that are hard for me to pronounce. <laughs> so it's written by a guy named Kazuo Koike, you yeah. think? And art by Goseki Kojima. 
soundtrack. You got it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Probably not. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to give you the spoiler klaxon now. And so um, if you continue past the klaxon, um, number one, it's not nuclear winter. You don't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> it's just a spoiler warning. And so if you want to come back, um, if you've read Lone Wolf and Cub, you know, please join us. Um, we This is a pretty high set of grades from all of us. And so we recommend actually finding a thing and reading it and then maybe come back and listen to the rest of the show. All right. But here's your warning. All right. Um, we've been threatening for weeks now to give up on the comicsology summary. And uh, this is the time. <laughs> <laughs> there will be... No- Thus far, there will be no more comicsology summaries. Um, but starting next week, we're going to have a new segment on the show in place of the comicsology summary. And so um, we, we've been sort of plodding behind the scenes. We think it'll be a good replacement for the for that, that part of the show. But um, so to summarize what we've got here, um, the fir- there are nine chapters. And the first eight chapters are um, eight sort of random assassinations. They don't fit into the overall story of Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, as far as them as characters and their personal stories. Um, and we'll get into some of that as we give out awards and stuff. Um, but in terms of the big picture story, um, the last chapter gives us some behind the scenes stuff. And so, uh, Sam, do you want to explain chapter nine a little bit? Yeah, chapter nine is almost a complete flashback of him trying to get revenge for the death of his wife. And uh, what happens is uh, the Shogun Knight, is that how you say it? Shogunate? Shogunate. Whatever. The Shogun guy wants his executioner <laughs> killed. Uh, so they go to there and they want, they want him to sacrifice himself pretty much. And he refuses. And uh, before that, though, he had uh, his son put a ball down and a sword down told him to pick. If you want to go to the ball, we'll end it here or whatever. If you take the sword, you're on a road with me. And then uh, the boy chose the sword. And then that took him to uh, being the lone wolf and cub. So it was pretty interesting and uh, had a big duel there too at the end. Now, Josh, did you did you think the Shogun like actually like ordered the death of his wife? I, I wasn't clear on that. I didn't. I wasn't either. I wasn't really sure how that went down. And and do but, you do you think uh, Sam? Go ahead. I say well they 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 had like a little breakdown afterwards and there's three. Uh, affiliations with the Shogun that he controlled, and I think one of those three attacked his village and killed his wife. Gotcha. And I think that's how they broke it down. And so I wasn't sure if the revenge was aimed at um, the Shogun or those Wagyu guys. It, it, it's it's aimed at the whole Shogun and the way his infrastructure set up. That three parts. So the whole so the whole power structure. Yeah, he wants to take it all down. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Like, uh, it's clear that he's on a path of revenge and that he's went rogue, but it's it's I, I didn't get it that it was really clear yet. They were going to unpack that later on, like who the but, exact what, target was. Yeah, it wasn't in the comic. It was in the afterward. They did like okay. a whole thing about the author and they broke it down. I actually read that too. So I didn't. I didn't read that. I, tend I not didn't to go read that stuff. <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't have pictures with it, I tend to not uh <laughs> not read those portions of graphic novels. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was interested in this one, so I did read it. There was text that was not in a dialogue bubble. Jamie said, nope, not reading it. 
like, wait, when I, when I, I like, I like reading prose books too. I'll, you know, put, put words on a page. I'll read those, and I'll read a comic book. I want my pictures. So let's let's yeah. not get the peanut butter in the jelly. That's not a good. <laughs> that's actually not a good analogy. Yeah, because I like really peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> anyway, never mind. Um, and so another thing that's um, unique about our show is the graphically novel pyramid, and that's where we. Um, before we even started the show, we had a big discussion about what it takes to make a graphic novel a good graphic novel. We decided you've got to have you know, a good story, you've got to have quality art, and you've got to have uh, memorable characters. And so um, those, those are sort of, sort of the prism we look through to decide whether the thing is good or not. And so I'm expecting a lot of uh, gushing this week with the grades we gave. Uh, Josh, why don't you lead us off on story? Okay. Uh it was an unusual story design in that the issues didn't relate to each other. They were single standalone issues. And I think all the other novels we reviewed have been one storyline over multiple issues. So I thought that was kind of refreshing to get something different where, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that hasn't read as much as you all. So there's a lot of times I'm missing stuff with all the references and the backstory that everybody should know. I didn't feel like that on this. I was like, Oh, it's a standalone issue. It's cool. Uh, I was kind of feeling like the old Hulk TV show. He's just roaming around the country, stopping <laughs> in a different city, doing something every week. Next week, something different's going on. So, thought that was Jamie. You laughed. Was that was that good? Good. No, I was just I was picturing like a David Banner having some angry little sidekick. <laughs> <Mini Hulk. laughs> That's funny, but uh, but yeah. So the 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 story structure itself, I thought, was really interesting with with the single issues. Um, but the, the overall story is, is pretty good. The redemption story, the revenge story. He's going out. We, we've There's a lot of revenge stories out in media these days. I think we're all pretty familiar with, <laughs> with how that goes. <laughs> uh, but this was a cool take with uh, bringing his kid along with him and uh, being an assassin for hire. So I, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. And then my last note, and I'll let you all get into it, was uh, we, I, I, it almost had a little bit of like the uh, Brothers Grimm fairy tales. Almost like there was lessons for each story hmm. about, you know, stab somebody, it comes back on you, or you're trying to get yourself in power and look what happens to you when it does it. I was getting a little bit of like a fairy tale, kind of learn a lesson from each individual story, had a little different style to it. I don't know if anybody else got any of that. I got more of a John Wick feel. Than <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. No, definitely. Is Diagoro the puppy then? I don't want that kid to get killed. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, now, I, I'm with Josh, though. I don't normally, like, you know, I don't enjoy the episodic, episodic storytelling method, usually. Um, but the longer it went on, we got no background, the more intrigued I became. Like, it actually kind of, like, did the opposite effect I usually have. Like, I, I just needed to know more. Like, as I got to know these people and, and liked them and wanted to know the story, and I kept not getting it. I got more intrigued and just kept wanting to push on further to find out more. Um but uh, the introduction, I thought, was really strong. That first chapter is so mm-hmm. good. Um, I thought each assassination was different enough to show how skilled um, Ogami Ito is um, and uh, the, the different things he's good at. Like, he's clever. He's all, he can be deceitful when he needs to be. Um, he's good at, you know, different kinds of weapons and hiding those weapons in creative places. Um, and then that last chapter was awesome. Um, the way that, you know, we learn about you know, what the motive is for why he went rogue and all that. Um, yeah. And it's the, in the scene where, where Diagoro chooses the sword, I just, it's a powerful scene. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And uh, I liked it too, because it, it, I know y'all talk about it, each issue had its own 
problem. He solved it, moved on to the next issue. Like the next little town he kept going through, he kept being assassin for hire. But even during those, if you if you go back and reread it, they leave hints to his past. Because I knew something was up with him. Because that, that one time before he killed the guy, he realized who he was. He called him executioner at that yeah. one time. Yeah, there's little drips and drabs. Little drips here and through there. So I, I I really enjoyed how they how they laid the whole story out, how it all fell together. It was really interesting. And 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 too, there's those moments where he's taking jobs and he makes the people explain like, yeah. why were these people killed. I'm like, that's not how a normal assassin works. And so there's right. there's there's something else about him that's different. So it was yeah. a lot of little intriguing little like 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 I said, drips and drabs. And at one time, a guy hired him to kill somebody, and then. Uh, he went to town and found they was having a big feud or whatever. And then the guy shows up, posted it. Then he kills the guy that hired him. I'm like, man, that was so awesome. Yeah. But he, but he did the job first. Yeah, he yeah, the did job the job first. he was supposed to do. But then it's like, and then, you know, justice came to his house too. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was the, was it the third or fourth issue? He was supposed to uh, kill the guy. So he wouldn't go back to Edo and, and tell him what was going on. And he ended up rescuing the guy's son. And basically holding him hostage instead yeah. of killing him. They were like, you were supposed to assassinate him. He's like, oh, when the winds change from, you know, north, south to east, west, just roll with it. And I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. Like, this is a better plan than what you had. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was... But it still accomplished the job. The news didn't yeah. get what yeah. needed to get. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, he's a really good problem solver. That was, you know, really good at figuring out how to do stuff. Clever. Yes. All right. Anything else on story? No, I approached all my notes I had. All right. Sam, what you got on art, man? Okay. I'll be the bear of bad news. This is what brought my grief <laughs> down. Don't spoil it. I just, I can't, I, I have a hard time looking at something that doesn't have color. I, I think color would have totally brought this up to a bell. I have, uh, some of the fight scenes are hard to follow, and I feel like if it had some color in it, that would help help you follow the fight scene. But I think they done really good with like the faces, the proportions. It was all really good, and everything he done was believable in the art. I, like I, I mean, some of the stuff was over the top, you know. Some of the, the assassination. <laughs> but you know, it, it, was, it was still pretty well drawn. Like I said, I, I just wish it had color. That that was my biggest thing. And I feel like as it as it went, I feel like they got their an understanding of what they're trying to accomplish with the art, and I think the art got better with each issue. Also, hmm. I'll I'll tag on with that action being hard to follow on some of it. There was some of the stuff I was reading, and I think we all read this digitally. Uh, so I was on a uh, the Comicsology, so I was doing guided view where it looks one panels the full screen. It seemed like when I was reading through some of the action, some of the assassinations, it got a little bit confusing on what was going on. I went back and reread it on my computer and was looking at the whole screen, and that actually made it a lot clearer. The way the panels run together, you can see multiple panels at once, so you kind of get a feel for what was going on. So I think that got me lost reading the guided view, made it a lot harder. Even when you're full screen, it's still hard to follow some of the fights. Yeah, you see a foot and some sweepy lines slinging the foot's moving, <laughs> but I don't know. Is he upside down? Is he flying through the air? Is he just is he already kicked somebody? He's getting ready to kick. I don't know what that foot's doing, but I see that it's moving really fast. Yeah, and there were a couple of times like they were like running at each other, and, like and the next time it was like a sword stick out of a guy's chest. I'm like, how'd that sword get in his chest? Yeah. Well, I, I did like it in art though. That's that's nothing intrigued me about this the the whole novel here was that he was so good you couldn't see what he was doing. Like, some, halftime with the assassination, like when they're running at each other, next thing you know, the other guy's dying, and he's 
not even touched, not even scratched. You know, that just shows you how good he was. So they didn't have to show you how he done it. That, that's how I took it. Um, I, 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 I love the art. I mean, just unreserved. I, I loved it. Um, the black and white doesn't bother me. Um, but I especially love the backgrounds and the settings. Like when he was drawing like big landscapes, I mean, they just looked awesome. Yeah. Um, and the, the face art. I mean, I felt like, um, Yoseki Kojima, I'm gonna try his name again. Um, he's really good at capturing like subtle face expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just, I really loved that. Yeah. The, the nature scenes were really good. Uh, that was my second note. Action's hard to follow. Nature scenes are fantastic. Like, <laughs> when it's doing the big, like you said, the big landscapes, they really are. And it, it's weird because it's not a super detailed style, but you still, when you're looking at the landscape, it seems detailed. I don't know. They add enough in that your brain can fill in the rest. Uh, and it, it, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, the, Sam, I figured you would knock it on the lack of background <laughs> stuff. Sometimes when you're not looking at this giant, super awesome landscape and you're seeing two people, they're just standing in a white oblivion. There's nothing around them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's like nothing going on. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think other, other, I mean, other panels are so detailed and there's so much like beautiful stuff going on that like, I, I just, I'll kind of give a pass for a panel or two here and there that, you know, kind of empty. Yeah, I, I did too. You know, I mean, it was black and white and, I felt like it had a. I, I put unfinished sometimes, but that's because it it's a little sketchy. Yeah, so I, I think that seriously, if they had color, this thing would have been a belt. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, this is probably one of the of the things we've covered on the show. This is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Like for if you want to look at an example, go to page two sixty two. Look at the second panel for some of the detailed background stuff. Yeah, it's a uh, tree with the uh, part of a fort looks like an outer wall that's cutting through the tree. Like the, the the leaves, there's not a lot of detail in the leaves. That wall, it's got some squiggly lines for some rocks. There's like there's not a lot of detail. Some of the stuff does have a lot of detail though, so I think it's a good mix. They put the where your eyes are going to focus has a lot more detail. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else on art? No. All right, so um, on characters, um, the the thing that, that I really love are the, the two main characters, Agami Ito and uh, Diagoro, Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, they're front and center, and they're intriguing. I mean, just all, all the all the ways that we meet them and see them interact with the world around them are, you know, mysterious. Um, for, for eight chapters, we don't know how he got to be who he is. We got, Like I said, we get little hints. I mean, a little, like, indications, but not a lot of detail. Um and so, in, but even in the even in the random chapters, the, the assassinations, um, we meet a wide variety of people, and the the writer is so good at telling us in just really short, you know, shorthand kind of ways, um, we get to know who these people are and what they're about. I mean, like what their motivations are, um, how they fit into society, and they do it in really quick ways. Um, I, I I love the way they did that, um, and we never even see those people again. I mean, yeah, that was. I kind of, that was maybe more of a story point, but yeah, usually within the first three or four pages of an issue, they've laid out who the bad guy is, what, you know, Wolf and Cub are going to be doing, like who they're going after. Most of the time you get kind of a really good setup really quickly and then you just get to see it play out. Uh, and that was pretty fun. But it's, but it's Ogami, I think, who's the central character and he's oh, yeah. just such an awesome, bad, bleep dude. 
um, that he's just fascinating. But there's also times where he humbles himself, like he's willing to shame himself but in, in his culture to accomplish this mission and also to help other people. I mean, yeah. and so that's, I mean, it's, it's just, that's intriguing. Like, you know, uh, in a, and especially like in the, in most more Eastern cultures are more, uh, more honor cultures than ours typically is. And there's one scene, especially where he humbles himself in a way that's really shameful. And he does that to help somebody, to protect somebody else. And I mean, that's just, it's an amazing, like, amazingly courageous thing to do in that culture. Um, but he also has like a tender side. Like it's strange. Like when he meets that nursing mother on the road and helps her out, that's like a, you know, really intuitive, like tender thing that he did that he didn't have to do. Um, so just, I just think he, he's front and center and he's such a fascinating character that, it, really I mean, I th- yeah, so I th- that, I mean, that for me, this is probably, that's probably the strongest part of the pyramid. It's just how intriguing Ogami Ito is. Yeah. And I, I probably got the same notes and I put that his interactions with the people he meets on the road while he's traveling town, town, just like he's talking about that mother. He, he met those four people and they were kind to him. He's like, I'm not used to being treated this way. So I was like, I'll remember your name. And then he got hired to kill that guy and that they was in that feud or whatever. He helped them out because they helped him. You know, just his interactions with everybody. He was a very good character. Um, I'm still undecided on if he's the greatest parent ever or the worst parent ever. Like, <laughs> like, who brings your three-year-old into a middle of a you know, Yakuza feud? <laughs> you know? Either it's brilliant or, you know, somebody needs to take that kid away from him. Yeah, he used that kid for three or four times in assassination. <laughs> Threw him in a river, like, for a guy to go yeah. save him. <laughs> but it's not not, not great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably not father of the year material. Yeah. Uh, but that girl was great. The kid, <laughs> every scene he was in, I think he stole the show when he had some stuff going on. Uh it, he was really fun. Like when he was singing, when the the uh, <laughs> nun lady, I don't know she's not nun, but whatever she was, was, was carried him. Yeah, and he's just singing for four hours, the same little sing song. That was fun. Yeah, and the uh, and the assassination where, you know, his dad uses him as a pee on a guy to instigate a fight. <laughs> a pot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he used that pee trick on in the first uh, issue, too, when he had a uh, yeah. break. Yeah, so. Which I noticed too. I mean, I think especially on a second, like I was going back through quickly to look look something up, and I flipped through it pretty fast. It's amazing how I mean how much time passes, and they just basically just show it through how much Diagoro grows, because mm-hmm. um, he's a he's a almost an infant in that first one. I mean, yeah. and then by the end, I mean he's probably what three, four years old maybe. Something like that. Cause, yeah, he's starting to do a little bit of the karate stuff and all that, and he's talking more. Yeah, and so. I thought that was a clever uh, storytelling thing too to, to to use to not even talk about time, but just to show him growing. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to add in that the uh, the bad guys, man, they're, they're bad guys. A lot of them, <laughs> like they're really. I'm like, I'm rooting for them. I'm like, chop him up. Like that, that guy deserves it. Like it's so bad. Especially the uh, eighth assassination with the bandits. It's like, man, yeah. these guys, they need to die horrifically. Yeah. And they do. Not cut them any slack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I don't even mind if you go slow. I mean, you can take yeah. your time with these dudes. Yeah. Stretch it out, make it painful. All right. I think it sounds like it's time to go to the awards. I Let's think go so. To Solid pyramid. Strong pyramid. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> And these are the things we dig most in Lone Wolf and Cub. Best cover. Sam, what you got? 
So I ain't decided. I still got two rope down here. I'm going to go. <laughs> I go the first one I wrote down. for an hour. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> but I go, I go the first one, my gut feel, what I wrote down. It's uh, issue two, page 41. That's wrong. It's, it's not even what what was uh, on the picture, but it's what was he the rope beside the, the caption. It shows his uh, connection with his son. What it says, it says the father knows his child's heart as only a child can know his father's, and that plays a lot through the whole story. Yeah, it's, it's a tight, it's a tight bond. That's the wrong cover. Josh, let's see if you've got the right answer. All right, I got cover four on page ninety-eight. No, that's wrong too. Damn, you just shutting everybody <laughs> down. I think you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, that those are. I mean, that was my backup though. What was it, Josh? Uh, the fourth one's page ninety-eight. It's just the uh, soldier, yeah. the other assassin guy standing on a hill line, on a on yeah. a ridge line. Those were my favorite bad guys that he fought, though. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the reason I picked them. Plus, it was the baby cart on the river sticks. I mean, at the end, he just hops <laughs> in the stroller and floats down the river on it. They have bodies all around him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I got to give you the right answer, guys. It's page 259. It's uh, chapter 9. It's the ball yeah. and the sword. That's my other one uh, I couldn't decide from. That was my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's it's just such a pivotal part of the story, and I, it's my favorite scene in the whole thing. And it's a cool looking cover. Uh, our our kickballs were never that uh <laughs> never that intricately designed. No, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna go first on best character, and I think it's an easy one. Um, it's Ogami Ito. It's Lone Wolf. Uh, he yeah. he's the best character in the thing. We all agree. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Okay. Yeah, he's just he's great, and he's so such a you know bad dude. And but I mean, but he's, he's so multifaceted. There's so many. He's got so much going on there. I, I can't. Uh, we, I think we've all sort of like tipped our hands earlier off air. Like we've all downloaded more of the <laughs> more, oh, yeah. more of the volumes. Uh, I can't wait to find out more about this guy. All right, uh, best panel, Josh. What you got, man? We're gonna go over to page 140, second panel. Uh, this is a two-page spread, so it's a pretty large panel. <laughs> it's the uh, four horses charging. It's a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. A, it's Sam. I know you. I don't know if you maybe you struggled with this too. I, I struggle with best panel because normally I, I do kind of a quick flip through on this, like from back to front, backwards. So I'm just looking at the panels. When it's all in black and white, man, there was really nothing to jump out as much. Usually, I look for like a, co- a panel that has a lot of color that pops. I, I kind of struggle with this one. I agree. Uh, that, yeah, that's where my, my screenshot method helped me on this one because yeah. like, anything, anything that jumps out at me, I get I got to do a screenshot on, and then I can go back later and just flip through the screenshots. Um, I Josh, you already referenced the one I, I picked. It's on page two sixty seven. Um, it's that that uh, that house with the tree through the wall. That's just, I mean, I got the wrong page down. That's what what was it? Two sixty two, two sixty seven. Second panel. Yeah, panel two. The I the wrong one. Yeah. yeah, it's just such a, it's just beautiful. I mean, I would, I mean, I would frame that and put it on my wall. I mean, that looks just fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You see how I got two best uh, panels I'm not sure in there? Good. Yeah, good job. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure it's very good, like defense though, because like you could just climb the tree. Yeah, it looks, but I mean, it looks awesome. Uh, Sam, what did you have for base panel? Page eighty, panel five. I picked this one because uh, 
of the bad guys. They just look so menacing there. You know, I don't know if it's raining, squiggly lines, what's going on there with that. Would some color help that, though? But, yeah, I had, like, a... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just the way they're standing there, they just look, they look evil. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a good they, one. They kind of struck me as, like, a Japanese version of, like, the, the Black Riders from, like, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I loved them. I got the big trouble in old China feel. The the three the hats. Yeah, the hats. The, the, the Furies. Yeah. Yeah, the Furies. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys want uh flip over to page one thirty nine real quick. Look at that top panel. That was another one I considered for a little bit, and it's one of the uh, landscapes. It's got and a really nice four. tree and part of a road and you can see him walking. So you got three base panels now, guy. Yeah, right, I'm done. I had another <laughs> one wrote down, I'm not gonna bring up. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, well, we're doing good on time. Why don't you bring it out? What, what was your other base panel? You want to do the other one? The uh, I think we've got time. It's page 153, third panel. It's just right over. Uh, hold on. I may have wrote that down wrong. Yeah, that's not a good panel. We don't have time for your confidence. I'm sorry. It's the one before. It's 152. <laughs> no, I was just looking at sure. <laughs> It was a couple panels of a forest. It was just more forest stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I think the landscapes were really good. That's where he's singing and driving that lady crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a good time. Man, I can't wait till like volume four or five when Diagoro has grown up and he's got his own katana and they're both, you know, bad dudes. Yeah. I mean, Butchering people. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be really fearsome. Well, I'm sorry, Sam. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say his, uh, well, he draws the, the nature scene or whatever. I got like a, a Bob Ross feel from it. No? Draw a pretty little tree here. Also. <laughs> no, happy it, little tree. Detail. Yeah, happy little tree. You know, it, it looks that good. Yeah. All right. Well, Sam, uh, what's your best dialogue? Uh, my dialogue is on page 263 through 266. It's where he's making his son pick between the ball and sword. Everything he says, uh, building up to it and after. But the thing that catches me the most, let me find it and pull back up. Talking about to be uh to avenge whatever it says uh I abandon the way of the samurai and I'll travel the path of hell, a living demon. And then at the end he says he told his boy after he picked his sword, he goes, uh Where's that? Sorry guys, I'm showing. It says, Oh yeah, it says after the boy picks the sword, he goes, You would have been happier at at your dead mother's side, my poor child. I just thought the way he was talking about it, it was like, man, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's a dark it's a dark path they're on. Yeah. Um, Josh, what was your best dialogue? That was it good was the same that. thing. Yeah. Okay. It was the same thing where he's yeah, because what got me is the uh, the setup to the dialogue is that you know he knows he's going to abandon his post and go on this revenge quest and he's got a little toddler with him he's like do i take the kid with me or do i kill my kid and send him to go live with his mom in the land of spirits like he's going to kill his kid or he's going to take him on a vengeance quest with him and i pretty yeah pretty rough yeah i the only thing about that whole scene i was a, I was a little distracted by is how much Diagoro looks like a samurai gerber baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> really look, does. look at page 262 uh, the fifth panel. He looks like he should be on a, on like the Japanese baby food. I mean, mm-hmm. he looks like a you know Gerber baby. I mean, 
Yep. Anyway, I, I went with a different one. You probably have the right answer, but there was one, like, as we said, we were kids, Billy Bad Butt line um, from uh, Ogami. It's on page uh, th- 37. It's my favorite, like, you know, intimidating moment from him. And so he's surrounded by all these guys. There's like swords all around him. He's got Diagordo on his back and he says, come one, come all. Are you ready? I'll build a mountain of corpses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was Loves good. That. that was real good. And yeah. he's butchering people the whole time, holding a kid in one arm and sword and another. I like the, uh, the assassination where he has the kid in a basket on his back the whole time. Yeah. Like, hang on tight, bud. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, chapter eight. Yeah, I like that he says, hang on tight. It never says, like, don't look. <laughs> yeah. Just hang on, don't fall. <laughs> All right. So, um, so the, we, we do those four awards every week. And, um, but we have, to, we always have two episode specific ones. And so the first one this week is best over the top moment. And uh, I'm going first on that one. So go to page 23 with me. And this was the point when I knew I was going to love Lone Wolf and Cup. This was the point where I was all in. Um, look at the very bottom panel. Yeah. Um, he's having a fight with this guy. Diagoro is in like a Japanese stroller. And he pushes Diogoro and then jumps onto the stroller with him. And he surfs a stroller down a mountain away from bad guys. <laughs> yeah. And while a hawk <laughs> is dropping some kind of, you know... I don't know what the hawk did in their eyes. Yeah. I think it dropped. I think it had something in its claws. It dropped like a smoke bomb that got in their eyes. Yeah. That's okay. why he wrapped uh, Goro's face up to get keep his eyes clean. Yeah, but surfing in a, in a you know, kimono with a katana, baby under your arm, surfing on a baby carriage. And as those calm as can be. Yeah. I, I knew right then, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a good time with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my kind of crazy. Right, Sam, what was your best over-the-top moment? All right, well, it's several pages. It's page 118 through 124. It's when he's – it's when he had that one guy hire him, then he kills the guy he's supposed to, then he kills that guy, then he kills all the other guy's people. So it's uh, just body parts flying everywhere. <laughs> I like – Legs, feet, just everything. Like, like, hey, look at page 120, top panel. I was going to say this. Yeah. Everybody's got a notch in their head. Just a whirlwind <laughs> of sharp blade there. Yeah, yeah and on like, the and on the previous page, we learned that he's gotten a putting a metal panel above the baby carriage so they can dodge, yeah. so they can deflect bullets. Right. Yeah, well, well, they shoot at him, then he jumps over top of the carriage with these two swords and all those <laughs> looks of shock on her face. Like, yeah. dude, that's crazy. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. That's probably better than mine. I just I love the image of Ogami on that riding that baby carriage that way. Yeah. Josh, what was your best over the top moment? I'm glad we all three picked something different. Uh, mine's a couple <laughs> pages. A lot too. Of you, go, you go to page 199 uh, through page 202. It's when he's going across that suspension bridge with uh, the girl and the basket on his back, and it falls through, and he's hanging there, and that guy's coming down to uh, yeah. top him up, and he. Uh, Kills the guy while he's hanging from one arm with the baby on his back, hanging over what looks to be a couple thousand foot gorge. Yeah. That, that was the one where he had uh, the baby on his back the entire time. The entire time, yeah. Yeah, the entire issue. He's just riding back there in a basket. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was oh, good. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, I just, I love 
lone wolf up on that baby character. There's something about that. Just it's both like you know bad, but also kind of hilarious at the same time. I don't know. I just love it. Uh, Josh, what's your what's your best assassination? Uh, best assassination. I didn't write down a page. It's in the fifth issue. It's when he gets uh, the girl to pee on the general's head and goad him into a duel so he can take him out legally. <laughs> that was just, yeah. He used the girl quite a few times in there, and that was my favorite one where he gets his two-year-old toddler to pee on this guy's head so they can get into a fight. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I heard Josh. That's the same one I picked, too. I, yeah. I did, too. Yeah, yeah. same one. And I, I love that he, that he, he gets that guy to fight him in such a like shameful way. He agrees to this crazy honor duel, so they get to walk away scot free at the end. Like he just kept saying, "I refuse." <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, "Look, I'm gonna let you off easy. Your kid peed on my head. Just say I'm sorry. My kid peed on your head, and we're cool." And he's like, "No, no need to apologize." <laughs> my apologize for my kid having to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that. That's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, so the, the last segment on the show is when we um, try to help out the executive producers. We're going to turn this into a movie. So we're going to cast it. Uh, Josh, who would you cast to be Lone Wolf slash Ogami Ito? Lone Wolf, we're looking at Hiroyuki Sonata. No, As I'm not guy. looking at that yet. Hang on. What's that, he from? Sam, you winning? Yeah, you winning? That's yeah, that's it. Yes, we Jamie. win, Jamie. He's from, he was uh, in... Yeah. He's a Yashada. Uh, and and what, what was he in? The Wolverine. He was in uh, Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. He's one got shot at the very last thing. He just tied a thing around his uh, stomach. He didn't like Tom Cruise in the entire movie. He kept trying to beat him up. Okay. And they finally his friends. Yeah. Okay. He was in uh, The Wolverine. Because uh, I think he normally plays a bad guy. He's normally the villain of the movies that I've saw him in. Uh, and I feel like Lone Wolf is kind of a little bit of a bad guy. Like, he needs to have a really intimidating, aggressive, scary look about him. And I thought yeah. this guy pulls that off. I agree. Well, well, I went in a little bit of a different direction because we, we do have – we need an actor who can pull off those, like, tender moments. Um, and so I went with Donnie Yen. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, IP man or Ip man. I'm not sure how you say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he was in uh, Rogue One. Oh, he's been in lots yep. of stuff. I just feel like he, he's a good leading man. I just feel like he would do a good job with that. I think he's, and he's, when it's time to be tough, he can be tough, but also he's, he's got like a sensitive side to him. I think he would handle all those different angles of Ogami's character. Um, Sam, who is your Beso Mondo? By the yeah. way, that's the guy that Diagoro pees on. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I, I, agree, <laughs> I agree with Jamie with Donnie Yen, because that's who I picked for uh, Mondo or whatever. Because, you know, he, he he was a general. He, he played a pretty decent guy. He tried to give him the easy way out. He's like, you know, that's yeah. pretty honorable guy. I think Donnie Yen could have done that. Yeah, Josh, who'd you have? I had a uh, Brian T. T E E. It's like of a sound. Yeah. Uh, he's been a quite. He's a little bit of a younger guy. I know that general guy was supposed to. He looked like he might have been a little bit older. He was in the Wolverine too. Oh, uh, was he? I know him. Uh, he played uh, Johnny Train in Fast and the Furious, the first one. Oh, That's yeah. what I recognized him for. Yeah. He's the Shredder in the new Turtles movie. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I went with Jet Li. I thought about using him. Yeah. I, I could, I mean, I don't want Jet Li to get peed on, but 
Um, <laughs> but I could see him doing the outrage thing, but also being like, you know, trying to let him off the hook with you know, everybody retaining their honor. But then also, I would just kind of like to see a fight between Jet Lee and Donnie Yen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then there's a ambitious widow in chapter two named Lady Ocean. Um, she does. Uh, she's a real ambitious lady. Does some things that uh, maybe of questionable morality to advance her cause. Yeah. Um, I cast a lady named Maggie Chiung. She played Flying Snow in Hero. Mm-hmm. She's the I lady. In, I think she's in red for most of that movie. She's the one in red. Um, what was I just her last name? Chiung. It's C H E U N G. Got you. She she played Flying Snow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got you. I think she would be awesome at that at that at that role. Um, so Sam, who is your lady Osin? All right, so Jim's TV show Ellie watches is called Dollface, and her name is Brenda Song, S O N G, and she just looks the part. She's a fairly decent actress, so no real reason to pick her. I have seen her in stuff, and she does look the part. Yeah. If this wasn't yeah. a really old graphic novel, they could be drawing her. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. yeah. All right, you're in the one. lead so far. Yeah. All right, Josh, who's your lady of sin? I think Sam may win this one, but I'm I'm thinking uh, Tao Okamoto. T-A-O-O-K-A-M-O-T-O. She was also in The Wolverine. Josh, was she? Are you running a thing yeah. here? No, I'm not. I think just a lot of the people I cast her. <laughs> Let me go through and look now. Oh, yeah, I know who she is. I I thought long and hard about doing my entire cast from Hero. Oh, yeah. Because I, I love that movie so much. No, I, five of my six were <laughs> the Wolverine, but I, did, I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> I should have just got that last one in. Yeah, I should have. All right, I think, Sam, I, think I, I think that was a pretty dominant pick there. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, our next one is a lady named... Kushimaki Osin. Um, I'm wondering if Osin is a last name or if it's like some kind of formal Japanese thing for like a lady. I, I don't know. I but she's a lady who gets friendly with, uh, real real friendly um, with uh, Ogami. And her line of work requires her being friendly with a lot of people. And she's so, a lady but <laughs> I was trying, trying to be delicate. I was uh, pretty delicate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, they get they get intimate together, and it's largely he, he, if he doesn't do it, she's gonna get killed. And and the way that they have to do the 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 thing they do is in a way that shames him, and so it reveals his character. So so it, it's a small role, but it's actually a really important role. It's an important revealing moment for Ogami. So Josh, who did you pick for this important role? Uh, I don't. This I think might have been one of my worst picks. Uh, I'm going uh, Rila Fukushima. R I L A. Fukushima. Look up the Wolverine. That's yeah. That's where I knew her from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm looking. To cut me some slack on this. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. Because she's played like yeah. a troubled character, and I think somebody that's playing uh, somebody in her profession probably needs to be able to show some some depth, and I think she can do that. No, no, yeah, that's good. She played. Um, she was the lady that went on Logan with his uh, like missions, like while yeah. he was sort of on the run. Yeah, yeah. No, she's good. Um, I, I went with uh, Zhi Zhang um, from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, 
also hero. Um, but she she's just an awesome actress, and she can sort of she does the vulnerable like parts really well. And so I thought she would be good for that. And she looks the part. That's who I picked too. That's the right answer. Yeah, take that, Josh. I think I've yeah, got them all. Right I so lost. Just saying. Don't let it out there. I've got them all right so far. I, I think my okay. I think my Jet Lee my Jet Lee was strong. Yeah, it um, is. All right, so we picked a guy named Lord Wagyu. I think it's pronounced with a Yagyu. W sound. Yeah, Yagyu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and he's sort of the head of the clan that um, uh, that Ogami declares revenge on. So I, th- I think he's starting there with this with this with this group. And so we we decided to pick a representative from that group. And so Sam, who is your uh, Lord Yagyu? So I picked Chow Young Fat as who I picked. And he's a little older now. I think he can pull it off. But I don't, I don't know. I just, he can play that leadership role fairly well. I think. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I I thought about him, but I wanted to go with a, a kind of a younger actor. Um, so I went a different direction. But Josh, who who did you pick for Lord Yagyu? Well, I was thinking he was supposed to be a little bit older, so I cast for an older character. He, he, okay. he was that guy's. He was the Shogun's guy for sixty years, it said. So I got at least seventy or eighty. Yeah. Okay. Ogami Emoto Ito said he'd been serving him for twenty-seven years, and the other guy had been serving him even longer. So I was thinking at least sixty. Sixty. Okay. I- I'll think of the wrong guy then. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've got uh, Hal Yamanuchi. Guess where you know him from? Wolverine. Wolverine. He oh, was the Silver Samurai? Yeah, he was the Silver Samurai at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I got... thought we were... Go ahead, no, 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 no. no. Uh, I thought we were going young. So I cast Tiger Chin. Um, he played... Um, this is shocking. He played Tiger Chin... In uh, Man of Tai Chi, <laughs> they let him use his real name for some reason. Uh, but he's way too young. If it's the if it's the older Yagyu guy that we were casting, he's way too yes, young. He was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you, I, I think Xiao Young Fat's probably the right. That's who I would have went with. Yeah. He'd been the older guy. All right, Sam, I, you're you're on roll, man. Killing and um, and so the last one we're casting is uh, he didn't get a name because none of them got names because they didn't deserve names because they were terrible. But it was the the bald bandit leader from from Assassination Chapter Eight. Um, uh, he died, and he deserved it, and nobody was mad about it. Um, and so I cast Simon Yam. He played the lead detective, the male detective in Man of Tai Chi. Remember, there was the partners, the female detective and the male detective. Simon Yam was the male one, and he's really good. I'm gonna look because I don't remember. What was his last yeah. name? Simon Yam. Y A A M. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, that's not bad. Sam, who was your bald bandit guy? Well, I got the guy that looks exactly like him. Time machining back to the original Turtles movie. And it's uh, the guy played Tatsu, who's Shredder's right hand man, the bald guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Is, I can't say his name's Toshiro Obato. Obato. Toshiro Obato. Yeah, no, that's so a good I've one. Seen him from Turtles. That looks just like him. Which that guy wasn't young, so I mean. But he's really old now. He's pretty. He was pretty old in the nineties. 
Yeah, I thought the bandit guy was probably 40-ish, maybe. Yes, yeah, 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 he was born in 1948, so yeah, he's, he's not a young man. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You were right there, guy. Right there. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, Josh, who's your bald bandit guy? Uh, bald bandit, again, I, I went with Sam kind of a little more on looks. I'm thinking uh, Ken Watanabe. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. The only one not from the Wolverine. I should have swapped him up as soon as you guys pointed that out. I could have <laughs> done a theme, and it would have gave me some excuses for some oh, yeah. of my picks. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he. I don't think he normally plays a bad guy, uh, but he's a really good actor. I think he could pull it off. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, he the one been, in uh, Last Samurai. Yeah, he was the yeah. Last Samurai. Yeah, he was the main guy in Last Samurai, which I think he was bald in that, wasn't he? Which he, he was, was in Inception. Yeah. He's been in the new Godzilla movies. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's been in a lot. He's good. He's actor. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take victory on that one. Right. Thank you very much. Yeah, you you won one. Um, I tied I Sam, one one. I win. I'll take Sam it. probably got four out of the other five. Yeah. <laughs> good week for Sam. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, so uh, our next um, episode is not a uh, pick from one of the brothers. Uh, next week is one of our tie-in specials. Um, I think we're all uh, pretty big fans of uh, Bloodshot, and the Bloodshot movie is coming out. And so we're going to go back to the very beginning of, uh, I think it's 2012, when Valiant did their full relaunch. Yep. And so we're going to go back to Bloodshot Volume 1, Setting the World on Fire. And if you remember, if somebody's been a long-time listener, if you remember back from the Birds of Prey episode, we said that we liked Dwayne Swierzynski's writing. From Bloodshot, and that's why we were surprised how bad Birth of Prey was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what we were talking about. He, he wrote he wrote this trade, too. And so this this is when he, he made us fans of his writing. And so um, I know at least me and Sam have read this. Have you read this before, Josh? No, I haven't read this one. All right. Well, at least one newbie on this one. So next time, Bloodshot, Volume 1, Setting the World on Fire. I think we're done here, fellas. Thank yep. you. Salute. See ya. Later.